Welcome to This Academic Life, episode 59. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Hi, my name is Kim Michelle Lewis. I am a professor of physics and associate dean of research. Hi, my name is Pania Newell. I'm a professor of mechanical engineering. Hi, my name is Lucy Zhang. I am also a professor of mechanical engineering. I recently went into a Facebook group and someone posted a question and said, what do I do with my upcoming poster session? What, what do you have to write in there? And what do you do? Are you just stand there all day and then hoping five people stop by and ask you some random questions? So that generated quite a lot of a conversation. So I thought today we can talk about posters. Do posters still matter? Uh, we know that the, in most of the professional academic conferences, at least the one that I go to, oftentimes there's a poster session. And then some of these poster sessions are competitive. They're associated with some awards afterwards. So that could give you some incentive to make a really nice poster or at least for you and your research group. So the poster sessions are mostly for students to present their work. Sometimes they're open to faculty as well. There's really no limitation unless the poster session is specifically for students. So let's first talk about what is the process, right? So you make a poster, you oftentimes have to submit the abstract ahead of time as well. So they can give you a number, you design it, and then you print it out. You carry the poster to the conference. And then when the session starts, you put it on the board that you're assigned to. Then you stand there for designated amount of time. And typically that's like an hour to two hours. You stand there and wait for people. Did I describe that about rights? Yeah, I just want to mention that for most conferences, if they are a smaller, poster ses sessions are for students. But I go to one conference that it's huge, very, very large American Geophysical Union. And that they have a poster session that it's assigned. It's not only for the students. The students, they are labeled as a student, but many senior scientists and researchers and faculty also they get poster session because there are 20 plus thousand people they go. So they don't have like the entire week to give everybody a podium or, or have the presentations. So they have a poster sessions for mixed for both faculty and, and the students. And also in that specific conference, they have a new version of the poster presentation, which is electronic, so you can stand by these smart TVs and you don't have to print out your poster. So they have a nice TVs in convention center or wherever they are hosting the conference. And not all of the poster sessions, they've been transferred to electronic version. So you have to be in a specific sessions to get those. Uh, but I think that what you described is for most of the conferences I go, it's a similar way, except this one that it's extremely large. 
So the question then is, how do you actually make it impactful, right? So either as a student or as a faculty, what do you have to do? I think for me, it's about engaging the listener. First, your poster needs to be aesthetically pleasing to look at. If it's too crowded, then people tend to pass it by because it might be too much reading. But I do find that if the aesthetics are just right, you're smiling, you're engaging, then people will come up and want to genuinely talk to you and say, what are you working on? And I find that being able to get directly to the point very quickly and engage them immediately with the motivation of the work is sometimes the best is the highlight. And I'll have a script prepared. But then based on how the listener is engaging with me, I might make it a long script or a short script or a medium script. So if I feel like, oh, they didn't, this is not what they thought the poster was going to be about, then I will cut it short. And I'll say, well, in conclusion, what happened was da 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 and just wrap it up. But if I find that they're medium engaged where, you know, I think I have a chance to increase their interest, then I'll do a medium version. And then if they're really engaged, like I look at their name tag, they're from a school that does similar work, then I definitely go through the details and only talk about those things that are comparable or in contrast to what they do. But I'm a seasoned and we all are more seasoned at this, but students (laughs) to try to get them to engage with the listener and determine whether or not this is a hot topic listener or a low-lying fruit, it's hard. But for me, I think trying to teach them that early on is very important. I agree. I, I always uh, think that uh, whoever is presenting should prepare first prepare a very short version, like an elevator pitch. You go from the beginning, talk about the motivation, you talk about very concisely your approach and then talk about your conclusions and then have people ask you more detailed questions, whether it be the beginning or the end. And then, of course, every single place or section, uh, you need to be prepared for it. That's what Kim was talking about. So when people come in, it's an unknown figure, right? So someone you don't really know, if they simply ask what's going on, what, what do you do? You don't want to give them a 10-minute talk (laughs) and just to talk about your poster from beginning to end, people will lose interest because that's just simply too long. They want to move on to other stuff. Yeah, I agree. Don't put so much stuff in there. I oh anyway, that that goes not just the poster presentation, but also like slides, oral presentation. Like don't put complete sentences, (laughs) just bullet points will be good just bullet points and highlighting the key words or key equations. Like for me, if I look at an equation and say, oh, that is the key equation, everything kind of goes around it. I will be satisfied. Like I will be like, okay, now I understand what you do. So I think also somewhere along the line, don't sort of dimension, don't hide all the key, the highlights of the study, Uh, make them shine by not putting too much words in there. Yeah, and I think that many students, they don't distinguish between poster and paper. These are two different type of presentations. And and poster, they should automatically, when people, they look at it, they should 
have a good grasp of the whole overall thing. And then you obviously talk and uh, they can, if they are interested, they get more, uh, ask you a question and they get more information. But I 100% agree with all of you. The presentation is very important for poster, how to make it exciting. So I can imagine that a good poster presenter can potentially get them the job, a job. So you can imagine like a potential uh, postdoc advisor or a graduate school advisor could be walking by a faculty and they're really interested. They might just pick you up from there. So very good presentation opportunity for recruiting and also for potential faculty, future faculty. You can, it's not a meaningless exercise. You can, if you do a good job, really stand out. You can certainly uh, make yourself known using posters. What about uh, format? Any templates that you guys use or formatting that you typically follow? I love uh, various LaTeX templates that they are available through Overleaf. I really enjoy those because you don't need to spend so much time to structure it. You just borrow it and you just tailor it based on your, like, for example, the color of your school is blue and then the template is green. So you can easily change the color, but the structure stays the same if they are column wise or they formatted based on the rows or you can move things around. So I found those really beneficial and then very, at the end, the quality is very sharp, whether you print it or whether you present it electronically. I've seen people starting to use QR code for many things like references, for example, rather than people trying to copy down or make a huge list of references. They just put a QR code that's related to the paper for whatever it is. It could be just a website, for example, but having something like that give people the convenience of uh, either a copy of the poster or something relevant. So those are really nice things to have. And younger people now put also like a social media handles, like their LinkedIn <laughs> name or whatever. So if you're also impressed by the presenter, you can just go ahead and add them. So you stay connected in, in some way. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I think that it's very important for the poster talks and even also uh, oral presentations to use social media to advertise about it. And as you say, that means at this conference, stop by, I'm giving this poster from this time to that time. And I think that it's, you, you would reach to the broader audiences that if they are participating at the conference. What kind of a material do you guys use for poster? Like, are they paper? Poster paper? You put it in a tube to carry to a I Yeah, I have this fancy tube. I love it. <laughs> I'm so nerdy, but yeah. So it's, uh yeah. I've seen people, they print on a different type. They use different type of materials, but I'm still the oldest style paper. And I like the tube <laughs> rather than those folding materials. <laughs> So I have some interesting experiences. I, I've been to a applied math type of conferences. People just print out stacks of regular paper. That is, you can go there, you can just put them next to each other. That'll be a big poster. So you basically carry a stack of paper with you. 
as the poster. And one time, I had to go to California from New York. It's a long way, and the poster size required poster size is ginormous. It's so big, and I said, "Oh my gosh, how do I carry this thing across the country?" So I did some research, and I found <laughs> this company who would would print. Your poster on a fabric, like a piece of fabric, so you can fold it. You can fold it to whatever size you want. You put it in your suitcase, and then when you get to the hotel, which is what I did, you can iron it flat. I loved it. So, so that conference was a relatively small conference. That was the talk of the entire conference.、It、was about my poster fabric. Everybody was like, "Where did you get that? How did you iron it?" But it's permanent, right? It's, it's not paper. It still has good contrast color. If I look at it now, like because I put just put it in the lab, and it's just amazing quality. It didn't cost a lot more, a lot more than a usual paper, but it was like for me, I'm like. I don't have to carry it all the way there with a tube. I'm gonna lose it. I don't know where to put it on the plane. So that was something interesting. So one last question: What do you do with the poster when you're done? For me, what I did was I hung it outside of my research lab, so that when we had visitors or I remember at RPI we would have like kind of like a family and friends day, a prospective students day, a freshman orientation, and we would have open labs, open research labs. I and my students were doing something in the lab, and I really couldn't take them in. Then I would kind of use the poster that's outside of the research lab to explain to the parents what we're doing inside the lab, or. I would explain to them what we're doing inside the lab, and then take them in. So then it's more like a wow factor, like wow, I just saw this on a poster, and here is the instrument, this type of thing. And so that kind of is another way to engage the audience. So I would typically just hang them outside my lab, and I just would rotate them. So when we took one down, we will put the next one up, and sometimes. They will stay there until the paper turns yellow, and then that was an indicator that I need to take the lab, the poster down, and put up another poster. But typically, that's how I use it. Otherwise, I would just throw it away if if it's not going to go outside the lab. Yeah, the same with me. I put it in the student space to decorate the wall to remind them that the great work they did and the presentation. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, and also, I think it's it's、uh, I agree with、uh, Kim. It's a good way to showcase your work to the visitors. Well, thank you for pouring your thoughts on how to do a good poster.、Uh, so posters is still a thing, believe it or not. And whenever opportunities arise, please do your best you can to make you and the poster stand out at these conferences. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. You can follow us on Facebook and listen to our latest episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcast. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of this academic life.